<laughs> Did I scare you? Hello, you're listening to the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film. Did I scare you? I am your host, Jake Albrecht. I am his co-host and America's little brother, Finn. Uh, how you doing today, Finn? I am hot. Yeah, why are you hot, Finn? I mean, you know, outside of like just growing into my body, like, uh, you know, just uh... naturally looking pretty good. No, I'm I'm burning up, man. Summer is fucking here, and it is brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not the podcast where my brother normally talks about what's going on with his apparently ever-changing body. This is the <laughs> podcast where we two brothers switch off picking horror movies in an attempt to scare the other one. Vinny, I selected the movie this week. What is the name of the movie I selected? You sure did select this movie this week, Jake. Because it's summer, you have picked for us... To start this off, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. Vinny, did the campers in the first one strike you as particularly happy? I don't I don't think so. Especially Angela's cousin or brother, stepbrother. I can't remember his relation. We're his that far Dick, separated. Of it was his cousin. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he seemed the angriest of all. <laughs> 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 he seemed happy most of the time, but yeah, he'd curse up a storm if he got into it. <laughs> he really did, man. I think That's... it's it's strange to specify that these campers are unhappy, as any campers at a place where a bunch of people are murdered would seem to be so by definition. I mean, we also had pedophilic fucking chefs and a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of crazy things that happened. Hey, why don't you go back and listen to that episode of... Uh, did I scare you when we covered Sleepaway Camp? Because this episode we're doing Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, I feel like this title is designed for someone looking at it on a marquee who'd be like, Sleepaway Camp, that sounds like a girl's movie. They're like, hold on, there's a colon. Unhappy campers. Oh, hold on. Sounds <laughs> like this camp experience isn't going to be what they were in for. <laughs> you think they did this? Please. They did the same thing when they did the Slumber Party Massacre. I think Slumber Party Massacre <laughs> covers it. Slumber Party, you're like, no. And they're like, Massacre, you're like, well, hold on now. <laughs> it seems that this is a different Slumber Party than I'm accustomed to. I think that was like probably one of my favorite things that these 80 horror movies perfected was the titles. Like Chopping Mall, that's a good one. Yeah, I think they just take like <laughs> innocuous things and then add something bad to the end of it. Like it'd be like cheerleader camp genocide. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, actually, Trauma Vision did shit like that all the time. Was it like something of Nukem High and uh, Toxic Avenger? That one has a good ending though. Starts off unhappy, then ends happy. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Red car, good doing? note. Um, Vinny, uh, I guess some of the things we could talk about is this movie came out in 1987, and a lot of the characters are named after members of the Brat Pack. 
do you know what its other connection to the Brat Pack is? No. Okay. Well, Molly, the main girl, although that's not what I will be calling her, uh, her real name is Renee Estevez. Now, do you know who that would be in relation to the Brat Pack? You, are you referring to Coach Bombay? That's right. She is the sister <laughs> of Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. Wow. I didn't know that they had a sister. Yeah, but she is not the only famous sibling in this movie. Do you know who the other one would be? No clue. Okay. Well, Angela, and the new Angela, we should say, Angela 2.0. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's there's a bit of a hint in this. She's constantly carrying a guitar. Do you have any guess, Ben? No, I think that's a sh- shitty clue. <laughs> v, hey, listen to me. Eyes on mine. <laughs> Eyes look at me. She's constantly carrying a guitar. Who is it? Um, She's got a guitar, Vin. Who plays George- guitar? Five, maybe six people all time. George Michael? <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just never mind uh it's bruce springsteen oh she's the boss's fucking daughter sister sister oh he's oh, not okay. that old oh <laughs> this is the 1980s and she was in her 20s he was only in his like 30s then oh well, you know, the boss could be a time traveler. I don't know. He doesn't... What is he? He's like 60-something years old now, so... He's in his 70s. Was Is he really? Wow, he looks great for his age. The 80s were 35 years ago. Oh. I'm not good at math. <laughs> it's not really a light I like to shine on my weakness, but... <laughs> Those are kind of the only notes I have for this going into it. Vinny, is there anything else you want to talk about before we stop fucking around and just get into this? No. Um, you did not, I don't think you told us what streaming service this was going to be on prior to, but I feel like you could feel in your heart that this is a Tubi movie. (laughs) If you just look deep down hard enough, you could, it's just got Tubi written all over the face. In fact, it's in the semicolons of the colons on Tubi. It's just like, is this a 1980s movie? Yes. Is it a movie anyone would care about owning the rights to? No, it's on Tubi. <laughs> that's good. That's a good point. Uh, I actually own this movie on Blu-ray. Because you lost a bet to someone about this? No, I I bought the movie as a package deal because I remember I really wanted the first one. I just feel I was... like for me, like the package would have to be with a PS5 for twenty dollars. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that would be nice. I I bought it out of curiosity cuz I was like, well, I heard the first one's bonkers and then I watched the first one and was like, yeah, this movie's pretty crazy. I'm like, let's watch the second one. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not bad. You were very excited when I picked this last week, so we will see if that enthusiasm holds. Uh, <laughs> Vinny, let's tarry no further. Let's get into the meat of this movie. Mhm. All right. Well, Tubi wants me to go to Florida, and you know what, Vinny? I'm good. What's wrong with Florida? I just, like, I don't like any place where, like, bugs are, like, the size of, like, crows. I mean, I I feel like 
the bugs would be i mean the bugs suck but i mean like waking up with an alligator in your pool or maybe in your kitchen that's probably on the top like frightening things well uh, is he making breakfast he could be you gotta ask him yeah i feel like that just means like in that he took a chicken out of your yard (laughs) that's true too if you go down to florida i'm sure there's a lot of roman chickens in yards sure why not they gotta go somewhere they got roaming giant turtles too so they got everything down there in florida i don't really want to parse what that means so okay uh i'm really blown away right away because apparently this is a fucking mgm movie yeah who would have known that they wanted to put their stamp on this yeah i'm just like Try imagine a young Judy Garland with them being like, yeah, yeah, and now like thrash around while someone pretends to go down on you. Why did it have to be fucking Woody Allen? <laughs> That's just a basic producer voice. They're all Woody oh. Allen in a way. <laughs> Ew. Um, yeah. I wonder what the selling point that they gave MGM to be like, listen, listen. You're going to buy in on this movie, and I'll tell you why. We got two star-studded uh, sisters. I feel not, like- not related, but, you know, like, they're related to the, these these guys, and they're like, we'll buy it. Yeah, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th were so popular in the 80s that I'm sure every movie studio at some point was like, we got to get in on this slasher thing, because, like, kids love that, no matter how bad these fucking movies are. Yeah, so, I maybe the. I mean, we'll get to it later, but there definitely seems to be pandering towards like trying to be like, yeah, we we're gonna be cool and also pay homage to other slashers in this movie too. <laughs> I forgot about the details of that until now. <laughs> we'll get to it. All right. Well, we start with the scream, but it's just a spooky story by a campfire. And some guy in a mullet is telling a story about a girl, go- a girl going to a mausoleum. And I think we covered that one, Vin. Yeah, that was, that was many episodes ago. Thank you, John and Chris, again. I love that episode. Yeah, go check out Mausoleum. Uh, so the mullet is t- telling the story, is really going into it. But mostly people look amused. And then some dweeby kid asks what happened after the girl finds her dead boyfriend. And a black counselor cuts in to say, they did it sardonically. Yeah, of course they did. I guess. <laughs> the, DB, the dweeby kid segues into telling everyone that there's a fried chicken place, and immediately my racism alarms start whirring. Oh. <laughs> until he tells everyone a friend of a friend was fed a fried rat there. And I was like, oh, thank God. Just the right thing. It just dodged that bullet real hard. Well, <laughs> with any movie in the 1980s, man, when people start, like, leading into stuff, you're like, oh, God, what are they going to say? Yeah. I mean, it's 30-some-odd years ago, so times have really changed since then. In some ways, in some ways, not nearly enough. But at at any rate, (laughs) then some girl next to the dweeby kid says she knows one about Camp Arawak, and she recounts all the various ways that people were killed in the first movie, and she's about to get the biggest spoiler of all, but then someone comes up behind her with a flashlight and cuts her off. And she is relentless and manages to get the whole story out about... Uh, I don't know, should I spoil it, Finn? Uh, yeah, why not? Because, you know what, the movie 
breaks in pretty fast with it, so. Okay, well, yeah, the girl killer in the first movie, we find out, is actually a boy. She was switched after an accident with her aunt, and that, for some reason, makes her a murderer. Well, if you if you go back and listen to the first episode that we did on this, um, the aunt is fucking crazy. Yeah. And we, we, you know what? We're only getting a bit of the story through somewhat vague background, or rather flashbacks. It's like, we don't know what this aunt could have done to, like, this, this boy. Could have done some really fucked up shit. I, don't, I feel like you're using a dead pronoun there, but I don't want to belabor the point. <laughs> At any rate, uh, if you want to hear my misgivings about that, listen to our Sleepaway Camp episode. Where I get too serious at the end. Yes. Yeah. You've got to remember, this is just a movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, try to say that to the person it affects. But anyways. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Anyways, come on. Let's 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 move forward. So, yes, the whole story is more or less. Uh, there is a camper who seems like she is a girl for most yes. of the movie. And then at the end, it is revealed she is a boy who has been dressed up as a girl and she's the one who's been murdering everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. That covers it. Now, some other mullet asks what happened to the killer. The dweeby kid says, I heard he's either in prison or placed the dark haired girl on the facts of life. And I was going to boo him for sexism, but I looked <laughs> up Joe from facts of life and the girl from the first movie does kind of look like her. <laughs> You're like, uh slam dunk i guess so i boo him for his transphobia instead okay that works then some chubby guy says the girl is still alive and our tax dollars paid for her surgery and then there's some other moderate transphobic (laughs) talk (laughs) fucking jesus christ sounds like a modern day conservative yeah that's about (laughs) I don't even want to do the wink wink bit on this one. <laughs> no, that's like, yeah. Yes, it, it's too close. That's playing it way too close to the chest. Yeah, that does sound like people talking now. <laughs> wink wink, I don't despise you. <laughs> Anywho. All right, they say the chubby guy is actually dating her, and the dweeby kid says she could still be in Hollywood. And Flashlight is giving Story Girl a hard time as she marches her back away from the camp about her behavior telling the story and sneaking off to see boys. She tells her she should send her home. And they split up, and immediately Story Girl is lost in the wood calling out for Flashlight for help. Yeah, which it's like... I So I've been... I mean, I've been to, like, Nature's Classroom and done, like, the camping like thing and whatnot. And honestly, camping sites away from like all the the huts and houses aren't really that far away so it's like how are these people in these movies getting so utterly lost in these forests yeah it would be funny if if you were to take this as someone getting murdered in the 15 feet from like the campsite to like the cabin (laughs) it's like it really sounds like someone's being murdered right there no, they can't hear anything out of their soundproof cabins, man. Or even, like, the people at the campsite are just like, man, these scary stories are really making me feel like I just heard Angela murder someone. 
<laughs> nah, he couldn't have possibly heard that at all. Well, anyways, Flashlight comes back and says, I'm here, nice and bright, and then beats Story Girl to death with a log. Yeah, she just smacks her right upside the head with it. Then she cuts off her lips and says, that's what you get for telling stories. What a bad camper. Oh, like, Jesus. Yeah, so... Already off to a hot fucking start in this movie of being like, oh, no fucking K then. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure for those of us who are at home, we're like, let's see, they told the story about the girl murderer from the first one. There's a girl who got mad about that story. Then she immediately murders someone. Ergo, yes, that's the same girl. Yeah. I don't, and that's the thing too, is like, I don't think it's a spoiler, and I don't think that they were more or less building up to that so much. It was pretty obvious right from the get go. Yeah, so. no, it's just for us at home, it's just supposed to make us be like, oh, these campers are in for it. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know. I appreciated that the first time I watched it, where I was like, that's not a bad angle. Like, they're going right for the fucking, uh, the bloody shit right away can i tell you what i don't like about this one compared to the first one sure i feel like in the first one they do a good job having the murderer only kill people who are trying to harm her in some way right or her cousin even like the little kids the first time i watched it i was like why did she kill the little kids but then you pointed out that they (laughs) were uh and they were little monsters throwing shit at her. They were them. throwing shit at her after she got tossed in the water. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, those kids did deserve it. <laughs> that realization was so fucking good. No, it, was, it really clicked into place for us. Like, what did the kids do? And then I was like, oh my god, they did do stuff. <laughs> but there's a and certain... They're no saints. There's a logic to that. And there's a kind of fun to that where you're like, it's people who kind of deserve it, like getting theirs. Right, so in this one, it's more or less like we're just killing for the fuck of it. Yeah, and like a lot of it, she's like, I don't like like bad campers. It's like, I don't, she didn't have a problem with that before. And maybe you don't need character consistency in Sleepaway Camp. I I don't know, but I like the angle better in the first one. I don't like it as much in this one. That's my piece. Okay. Anywho, we get a rock music sting and the title card. Mm-hmm. And then Angela Power wakes- ballads. That's right. You can tell it's the 80s, man. Yeah. Four Mullets more years and- until Nirvana murders this. <laughs> Power ballads and fucking mullets, man. Yes, sir. And Angela wakes up the girls the next morning, and there is an immediate gratuitous topless shot. And topless girl gets mad at a girl for staring at her too long. And then a black girl says, she's just looking at the long hair on your nipple. <laughs> then they notice story girl's things are gone and angela tells them she has to get rid of them she had to get rid of her and then angela gives the topless girl a hard time for being topless and says nice girls don't have to show off yeah i hope it didn't take long for this movie to show boobs i'm like which means we're gonna see a lot of boobs too many some would argue <laughs> Now, they wonder what Story Girl did to get tossed out, and some girl with the China Club t-shirt says, probably showed her breast to the boys, then lifts her own shirt to demonstrate. Vinny, as you were saying. Right. Exactly. That's the formula for these movies. Oh, this is my favorite nickname. Are you ready, Vin? 
Quick boobs? No. Outside, two-thirds of Vincent Adult Man from BoJack Horseman snap a Polaroid of her in one moment where she had her top off. <laughs> What'd you call them? Two-thirds of Vincent Adult Man. Because if you haven't watched BoJack Horseman, Vincent Adult Man is three children in a, oh, yeah. in a coat. <laughs> so these are two kids, one on top of another one's shoulders. They are two-thirds of Vincent Adult Man. My nickname to them was the peeping duo. I think you'll you'll agree Bud's pretty good. Vincent Adult Man is pretty good. Two thirds of him. <laughs> They're missing one third. <laughs> I um, wish that that was my new nickname. <laughs> but my point was like they snap a Polaroid like right at the moment she takes her top off as if like they were like waiting for that. Like of like months of research paid off. Well, I mean, that's the number one camp activity that two-thirds of Vincent Adult Men are on the journey for. I wonder how many Polaroids of, like, out-of-focus, out like, people just looking at walls they have. They're like, God just, damn it. I thought for sure she was taking her shirt off then. Probably a bunch of them. They're just, like, in, like, a pile that they're going to burn later. Yeah, they're 12-year-old boys. They're probably cranking it to that anyways. <laughs> they're just imagining they're like what if uh but also hey folks don't snap pictures of people without their permission let's move on angela's walking with a bald grizzly type and she calls him uncle john and he seems to be the camp uh director oh he has like a british accent did you notice that does he kinda or he's just like a stuffy dude i can't tell he's a stuffy dude yeah, well, they're talking about how horny and bad all these kids are today. And she <laughs> says, we just have to weed out the bad. <laughs> right. Vinny with her with their fucking rules. Did you wonder at the start how she got a job at this camp? Were you like, did she just hang out in the woods until another camp opened up? I, I never really considered that. I mean, she says how at the end, and it doesn't make any sense, so we'll get to that, but... I... Yeah, because, you know, she's got a past, so... <laughs> With camps, specifically. Yeah. I got a pretty good trivia bit for that. Anyways, Topless okay. gets wolf-whistled in the mess hall, and then she gives her food to the girl that was gawking at her breast and says, Maybe yours will grow. And then Topless says the oatmeal looks as gross as the shit sisters, who are constantly stoned and also have a last name that sounds close to shit. You get it. Yeah, they're talking about the devil's lettuce. Yeah. One of the girls cuts in to be like, the oatmeal's pretty good. So, <laughs> this is Molly, and guess what, Vinny? Her name in this movie will be Oatmeal Appreciator. Eh. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> A boy at the table asks Oatmeal Appreciator if she gets stoned, and then, what do you, that's no good for you? What do you want? Charlie Sheen's sister? <laughs> you could call her Little Estevez. Little Estevez. All right. A boy at the table asks Little Estevez if she gets stoned, and, and then says, good girl, when she says no, which creeps <laughs> me out. Yeah, that's... What's the, that's such a narc question to ask, anyways. So it's just like, do you smoke it? <laughs> and the way he said "good girl," it was just like "good girl." 
It's like, ugh. Yeah, dude, he's a cop. Yeah. He's just table guy. I have no respect for him. You should call him Narc. I should call him good girl. <laughs> Fucking yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the black camper asks how they put up with Angela, and baby Estevez says she isn't that bad, but Topless thinks that she might be a slur for a lesbian that I'm not going to say. Yikes. Yep. Don't don't worry, we're gonna get another awful slur word later. Yeah, 1980s movies really loves to put you through the paces on this shit. (laughs) Now, Angela comes in and wins Counselor of the Week Award, and she gives a speech with a guitar slug over her shoulder about how she was a camper, but it was nowhere nice as this. Although it is right through the woods there, and maybe they heard a little bit about her stay there. It's actually the the old camp is right down the road, so it's like you can still see some of the bodies from here. I'll show I, you. I fucking... <laughs> the freaking head of the guy that she killed is like piked up at like you know the beginning of like the road. She's like, oh Joe, remember when you tried to feel me up and then you made out with the other girl? Oh, I sure do regret that, Angela. <laughs> Anyway, she asks Topless to go up to help her with the morning song, and Topless doesn't want to until the boys ask her. And they do the Happy Camper song that involves a lot of swinging their hands around and shit. Yeah, everybody knows it, man. This is the hot jam of the camp right here. I will note that unlike the campers in the last movie, everyone in this movie seems to be 25 or older. Yeah, they're all college students. Other than two-thirds of Vincent Adult Man. They really are the only ones that seem to be like, yeah, they're of like normal camp age while yeah, the rest got, of. <laughs> they got to walk around everywhere with one of them on the other one's shoulder. <laughs> yeah, they can switch who's base and who's top, but. That is the construction they always must be in. If anyone like catches them like four feet on the ground, they're like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? They're like, we're tired. Get your fucking ass back up on the shoulders. <laughs> then they reproachfully hold out their hand to boost them up on top. <laughs> Anyways, one of the campers kicks uh, another one of the boys during the song, and we all laugh and laugh. And two-thirds of Vincent Adult Man is outside asking Counselor with the pixie cut to snap a picture with them. And then Mullet asks Angela to go for a swim, and she says no. So he goes... <laughs> we know in- why. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's not her thing. It's not even about the swimming. She just doesn't like those kids throwing that shit at. No, oh, it's it's the Meg tossing her in that she hates the most. That's true. She always sees the Meg every time she sees that water. Both <laughs> <laughs> well, on the short. <laughs> Fuck him off. Uh, anyways, uh, he goes ahead and necks her for her tan, saying that. Maybe she needs to go swimming to fix that, so he's another beaut. Yeah, with that powerful mullet that he's got. And he wants to talk about what happened with Story Girl sometime, and she says, okay, I'll call you. And he notes that she walks away that he doesn't have a phone. It is a movie of its time. He also asks her if he wants any gum, and she goes, I don't like green gum. And I'm like, okay, so not a fan of spearmint. Uh, Big Red? What about... Fruit Stripes? There's a lot of colors in that one. That's true. And that is an 80s gum, so... 
I wouldn't That's put a time it. on it. I, I think it's a timeless classic. But wait, 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 wait. Spearmint is blue, right? Oh my god, you're gonna keep doing this. Double mint. Double mint gum is the green one. <sighs> At the pool, baby Estevez and table guy get out and lie down next to each other on their towels. And he says his parents are divorced, but his dad is a young guy, so he needs time to himself. And how young, man? Because you look like you're pushing 30. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> he goes on to talk about how his parents are divorced. And he's like, yeah, my dad's a cop. My mom left him for a foot doctor. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, mom's playing it safer than the cop, I guess. <laughs> but definitely a pay cut. No, podiatrists would make way more than that. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Of, I mean, depending if he's just a beat cop, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of money in getting corns off people's feet. Anyways, Woof. he's. Let's see. Uh, his mom took off when she was yeah when he was seven to date a podiatrist, leaving his cop dad alone, and then baby Estevez comes from a very large family, and. Some guy's telling Topless he's the best soccer player in the state, and she takes off her top under her shirt and then says, if you throw me in the water, I'll kill you. And he says, oh, yeah? And tosses her in with him stumbling after her. But Vinny, this was all part of her nefarious plan because she surfaces next to Table Guy, breast visible through her shirt. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to care. Just yeah. like us. Yeah, <laughs> they try to set up that like, oh, like the main girls like feuding with Topless over this guy, but they, the the guy never seems interested in Topless, so it's like, boy, that storyline doesn't seem to matter much. No, not at all. <laughs> it's kind of forced. Yeah, it wasn't like in the first one, Angela like has the problem with the boy like making out with their rival, but like he does really hop all over that. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's kind of funny. And she didn't even have to show her tits. No, no, he just had to hear that she grew them over the summer. <laughs> See, you don't have to always show. Yeah. That's not a primary document, as they would say in the research game. <laughs> the third person document. Anyways. Yeah, Table Guy doesn't care. He goes off with baby Estevez. It, this is so hard to talk about because nothing in this movie matters at all. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the boobs, and that's it. And it made me really wonder, man, was that really all I thought about back then? Yeah, you are the horny boy that this is. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're three-thirds of a Vincent adult man, I would I, say. I, I'm almost a full Vincent adult man. I lost the fourth somewhere along my life. You still got the, you still got the coat on. <laughs> it's really hot. You're this like, coat on. Uh, I'm making business. <laughs> Anyways, Angela finds the shit sisters getting drunk and high in the forest, and one of them sings the happy camper song with new lyrics, inviting the listener that in exchange for money, her titties they could suck. Yeah, Angela's not even mad about, like, the weed and booze. She's more mad they butchered the song. She worked real fucking hard on that song. Yeah, and she's Bruce Springsteen's sister. How dare they? <laughs> Fuck you, yeah, that's a tragedy. 
She's like, baby, I was born to run your body over these hot coals because I'm about to burn you to death. You'll see. The next day, Angela asks Mullet if he's seen the shit sisters, but he has not. And then she marches off into the woods and finds the sisters with the boy who's taken them up on that song offer. <laughs> it's just everybody's so fucking horny in this camp. If, Every if, single one of them. If you send a bunch of 25-year-olds off to the woods, what do you expect of it? <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that tracks. It's like, I can't believe I don't have to work this summer. For some reason, my parents sent for me here. They're like, well, I'm for sure going to get fucked up and fuck some people. <laughs> this is the best summer ever. <laughs> Anyways, Angela interrupts and sends the boy scrambling. And the sister passes out while the other one sleeps. And then she wakes up on a grill and sits up to see her sister's bird skeleton. And <laughs> Angela says, let this be a lesson to you. Say no to drugs. Then she lights her up with the match. Vinny? from a teaching aspect, might be difficult for her to apply those skills afterwards. Yeah, because she's already on drugs. And, well, now she's cooked. So, what did she learn from that? Yeah, imagine, like, teaching someone their multiplication tables and then setting them on fire. Being like, hope that sticks! (laughs) (laughs) Then Angela throws on a Fidel Castro hat and watches her burn. And we hear a girl scream, and it looks like she has blood on her legs, but it's just paint. And Paint Girl keeps saying she wants to go home. Because I guess the paint was the last straw of it. I, so, you know what? I want to go back. I want to go back. Oh, okay. A- go ahead. Again, again. now we go back to the shit sisters being fucking cooked. Which, huh? they're totally baked. Ha. Um, how far out is this fucking... Uh, cooking going on because you everything is wide open in uh a summer camp you think that people would smell that burning flesh i think we find out later this is part of the old camp right this is part think, of camp arawak like her the little cabin she has i think so I so guess. it's at least a 10 minute walk from there but close enough that someone would be like <laughs> Like, you might call me fucking crazy, but that smells like a person's cooking. (laughs) I'm like, how do you know what a person smells like? They're like, oh, how do I know? And they hold up a charred hand. (laughs) Oh. You'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe I asked hot dog hands there. Alright, well, back to the art student that wants to get the fuck out. Uh Uh-huh. Angela says, I think I can arrange that. And she loads the girl into a car. And Grizzled Camp Owner says, two down, 38 to go. And she says, <laughs> four, actually. I sent the shit sisters home. I should note that the paint girl is the only one who actually gets sent home. Yeah, let's just say, paint girl, you fucking made it out with, like, so luckily. <laughs> like, you don't even know how lucky you are. <laughs> yeah, apparently, like, not appreciating paint is not a capital crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... What are you going to do? Maybe if she spilt that paint on the guitar, it'd be a different story. Anyways, the camp director gets mad that Angela didn't tell him at first, and then she's like, I just did. And he's like, oh, good boy. And he's like, hey, do you want a can of beer? And she's like, no. That's all that happens there. (laughs) You tell me. 
He's like, cool. And he just drinks it. He's like, I'm barely in this movie. <laughs> Check out my severed hand at the end of it. I fucking... Anyways, later Angela tells her girls she sent the shit sisters home. And one of them calls her a gay slur as she leaves. Classy. China yeah. Club is interrogating baby Estevez about table guy outside. But we see a creepy POV. But it's the boys. They're coming in for a panty raid. Yeah, it's a rock and roll panty raid. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I hate the fucking 80s. <laughs> Alright, so there's various levels of girls fighting the boys trying to steal the underwear until Angela comes in and says, Uncle John is going to hear about this. And Table Guy is the only one who doesn't leave at first. Then Angela says, Oh, he tells Angela that they weren't doing anything wrong. Um. Yeah. I, sure. Um. Oh boy, this movie's pretty problematic, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's an eighty slasher. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Angela says she doesn't like being the wicked witch of the West, but she knows what happens when things get out of control. Again, this doesn't really fit her character from the first one. No, not at all. It matters to no one but me, but it bothers me. Anyways, they're picking up their underwear, and China Club wants to get the boys back by stealing their underwear. And Mullet sees all the girls come in later, but does not interfere. China Club tells the boys, if they don't give their underwear back, they'll be seeing a lot of this. As she lifts up her breath, her shirt to show her breasts again. <laughs> she lifts up her breasts, huh? <laughs> you fucking, to show even tinier re- breasts underneath. <laughs> And those breasts were like, one more. And she's like, hold on. And she <laughs> hooks her arm under the first breasts and then lifts up the second pair of breasts. Revealing her ribcage. <laughs> and she's like, oh shit, I dropped the third pair. What? It's like, you guys gotta help me go outside and find them. So they're all like crawling around on the ground. Boobs are hard to find, you know? Not in this movie, though. Yeah, plenty. Yeah, the ironic thing is, if you're not wearing them, you can't see them to find them. I seem to lose my boobs all the time. (laughs) Anyways, anywho, I'm so sorry for my stupidity on that. Anywho, Angela comes in just as she's lifting up her shirt, so it's a real, like, aha moment. So she's driving China Club out of the camp. Telling her she doesn't have to go, but China Club wants to go. So Angela tells her that she doesn't think she meant it. She was just trying to impress people. And then Angela calls her Mary instead of Mayor, which apparently is her name. Check out Mayor of Easttown on HBO. (laughs) She gets real pissed off. She's like, don't call me Mary. Don't you ever call me Mary. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird thing. I don't... (laughs) Well, none of this connects. All of it's just like random flotsam that like just floating past me as I go downstream with this movie. (laughs) You're like, yep, that was something that. Oh, and we're on to the next thing. Yeah, it's just like I try to grab onto it and it slips through my fingers, and there I go bashing my head against the rocks again. (laughs) (laughs) We've lost control. I won't lie; it's really hard. It was really hard to take notes for this fucking movie. I felt bad because I was just like, I know none of this matters. Every single part of this is red card. Good note. 
Kinda. Although, you're gonna say, like, she don't like being called Mary. I Man, I don't like when someone calls me Vincent, you know? Vincent I feel like mom's... Man? Vincent... <laughs> Let's see. Listen, if you're going to call me Vincent, then it has to be adult man next to it. Three-thirds of Vincent adult man is me. <laughs> Anyways, oh, man. Angela offers her another chance at tomorrow's sleep out, and China Club says she'd rather die. Then Angela reaches into the back of the car, and China Club asks if she's looking for a gun, and Angela says, no, a drill. Then she drills her to death. Yeah, just gonna ruin that masonry bit, Jake. Get it all rusty with all that blood. <laughs> so I I'm really fucking forget trying, sometimes right? that you you went to trade school to be a machinist. Yeah. I yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a hidden backstory for you for me most of the time. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, you know that shit. <laughs> Somewhere. It's like high school Spanish for me, where it's just like in the back of your head. Just pull right to the front. Listen, I'm reaching, all right, folks? Yeah, there's nothing here. We gotta transition to some other mullet and ketchup all over his hands. And syrup. It's red syrup? I don't know. Who cares? It, it's fucking syrup. He dumped the syrup on his hand, and it looked like it took him too long to even notice he was dumping it on his hands. The camp director says Mullet would like to address the camp, and he has a list of things that are missing, and it's some basic stuff, and then a bunch of murder weapons, and a battery from his car. And Baby Estevez is off in the woods by herself, humming. She comes up on Angela and scares her, and she had followed her up there, and Angela's like, it's so pretty up here. The cabin she's at is all boarded up. This is where she keeps all the bodies. We'll find out later. <laughs> Baby Estevez wants to talk about Table Guy, and Angela's like, I think he's a nice kid, even if he does talk back. So, Baby Estevez is worried because Topless likes him, but like we said, you, you don't need to worry about this. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just, it's, it's a non-problem. And she's like, she's a cheerleader. Angela is unimpressed, and Baby Estevez didn't make it on the cheer squad, possibly because of her shyness. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I think it has more to do with like dancing and stuff. <laughs> I don't think they're like, yeah, 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 you did the cheers, fine. Now go interact with those people over there. And she's like, can't do it. <laughs> like, well, they get the fuck out of here then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. She yeah. used to be shy, and now she talks all the time. What were you gonna say, Finn? I'm sorry. It says she. She says she used to be shy, and then she's like, "Then a boy forced himself out of me, and I killed him." And whoops, uh, huh? You don't want to hear me blab on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, anyways, cured my shyness, so might yeah. be something you should consider. Maybe you just need to kill table guy. <laughs> she's like, I haven't considered that. She's like, should he force himself on me first? Angela's Definitely. like, mm. just like consider that he probably would have. <laughs> it is the 80s. Yeah, the baby Estevez is worried because Topless is more experienced. Angela's like, well, she probably has a venereal disease. What? <laughs> fuck. Like, oh, fuck. I hate the fucking 80s. Sex positive, folks. 
<laughs> Sex is fun. Don't let the Angelos of the world bring you down. Yeah, man. Don't slut shame. Anyways, later the campers are playing a game where their eyes are covered and they're reaching into boxes while the counselors tell them there's gross stuff in there. And yeah. I, Angela, I believe, honestly tells them there's dead teenager brains in her box. Yeah, she goes, Angela, what do you really have in your box? Dead teenager brains. Uh, you know, she's just one one look over and they'd be like, holy fuck, she's telling the truth. <laughs> I did a pre like, it's maybe the only bit in this movie I appreciated as written. Yeah, I mean, it works. It's not bad. It would have been even funnier if she looked in the box and she goes, it looks so real. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, somebody would have been like, it's probably just like hamburger meat that was left out or something. <laughs> Anyways, two thirds of Vincent adult men are going over their pictures. They snapped of nude girls and Angela hears them outside and she goes to inspect. They try to hide the pictures, but they cough them up. And Fiddy, looking over their photos, you have to respect their lighting and their work, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, they got some, like, pure good shots. Yeah, no, these are some talented little pervs. <laughs> this is going to be put in their portfolio for later, for real adult work. And Angela says Uncle John is going to hear about it, and then she storms off. That's like her catchphrase in this movie. Yeah, and then the boys mumble about there being a picture of Angela in there, and I'm like, ah... This shall be the big reveal later. Nah, it's got nothing to do with anything. Nobody cares. Nope. Merely a coincidence. Now, Angela is showing Mullet the pictures, and his only comment is, Nice tits. Angela finds nothing funny about pornography. So Mullet course corrects to saying, He's ashamed of himself. He'll deal with them. With the boys. He then calls the boys Charlie and Emilio, so, Haha, eh, baby Estevez? <laughs> Ah, that makes sense. I actually didn't even catch that. That's right. That's the movie being cheeky. <laughs> Mullet tries to warn Angela as she's leaving that some of the boys are going to try to scare her tonight. She says she'll handle it. Yeah, before projects, like with the, the um, they were doing the brain things, the, the two guys were, were, like, getting their shit together. One of them was painting, like, a hockey mask. The other one was getting a glove together. So... I think we know where we're going from there. <laughs> well, the boys is making himself up like Freddy Krueger, ready to scare Angela. And baby Estevez, Topless, and the black girl are by the campfire. And Topless wonders where the boys are. And black girl's worried that the boys are going to get her in trouble. And then she starts headbanging to some cock rock <laughs> on the radio. And tells Topless that she has good taste for a white suburban girl. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of like, yeah, all right, yeah, that tracks, cock rock. It does rock. not seem like the music she'd be into, but who knows. Now, Topless turns to station and then laughs and points at the black girl like, ha ha, what a good bit. You were enjoying the song and now it's gone. I guess. Good one. She got her. I hate this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, let's wait till the end. Spoilers. <laughs> In the woods, Freddy's hanging out with Jason, and I saw a documentary about how this relationship <laughs> turned sour, Finn. Yeah, it's not, not the greatest. Maybe someday we'll visit this documentary. No! <laughs> Don't you threaten me! <laughs> Freddy lost his glove, and he sees it coming up behind a log, and he's like, Hey, where'd you find it? And then it slashes his throat. 
And Jason's off in the woods, and he uses a gay slur to no answer. Yeah, he uses the big F word. Yeah, fun. And Angela's blind him with the chainsaw, and she sort of has, like, a Leatherface, like, style mascot now, I guess from the first kid's face. Yeah, I actually, you know what? When I saw that she was, like, when she popped up like that with the chainsaw and the face, I'm like, oh, actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> so she cuts him on the leg, and he begs for mercy, but Angela says once she starts a task, she always finishes. So at least she's motivated. Certainly. <laughs> Task-oriented, let's say. Mm-hmm. So, oh, right. Then Angela comes up on the girls, and they tackle her and take her mask off, and they laugh and laugh at the campfire. Without even noticing that that's a real human being's face they pulled off her face. I mean, you see so many human <laughs> faces for masks. <laughs> Who can tell that this is one of people you know? So, Angela says we won't be seeing those boys tonight, other than in mask form. And then she asks where Topless is and gets skeptical when they say she has cramps. Until until the one that she slashed his throat just kind of stumbles along. like, <laughs> And she's like, oh, so sorry. And then she guts him right in front of him and they're like, see? Won't be bothering us. Looks like he's got <laughs> cramps too. Stomach cramps. Now we cut from this to some moaning, and there's some candles in the bathroom. And ladies we and gentlemen, see... we are about to witness the world's sloppiest trying to have sex scene. <laughs> yeah. It seems like what they're going for is passion. However, it looks like he's trying to go down on her, and also they're both trying to fight each other off. It looks like he's trying to, like, shove his head up inside of her. Yeah, while she is, like, <laughs> writhing to, like, get him away from her at the same time. Right. It's, he's like, is this doing right? Yeah, I mean, like, if you're going for a clitoris and a belly button, you're way <laughs> off, buddy. <laughs> To have sex, I must insert myself through the navel. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I assume sex is just reverse alien. I gotta get my dick in through your gut. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, Angela creeps up as some guy goes down on top of his stomach, and <laughs> I wrote, this seems more like fighting than fun. And then Angela revs up her chainsaw outside, she knocks on the door and asks if Topless is there. And Topless throws her shirt back on and tells the boy to hide. And he closes the stall. Perfect. No one will find you there. <laughs> then Topless tells Angela that she has cramps, but Angela says she had them last week. Topless is like, I got them again. It runs in the family. Yeah, I mean, like, you can have cramps multiple times. It's just like, no, you had it once, never again. <laughs> Look, just be like, I, I got I got the poops, okay? I'm, I'm just pooping. It's just like a whole mess of poop in there. Now, Topless unlocks the door for Angela and goes outside, and she says the outfit is cute, but the blood looks like ketchup. It's funny because, like, Angela was probably prepared to butcher the girl. She was trying to start up the chainsaw and go in there. But if that door wasn't locked, I'm sure that she would have been killed. It seems like the chainsaw could have taken care of that, but... Nope. 
Perhaps Angela has not studied the greats who she's aping. Guess not. Leatherface would cut through a fucking door if he needs to, man. Man, he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even cut through it. He'd just go through like a fucking Hulk. Yeah, no, he'd Kool-Aid man right through that shit. <laughs> now, the next day, Table Guy and Baby Estevez are playing football, and they stop to hug. Okay. <laughs> Mullen asked them if they've seen two-thirds of Vincent Adult Man, but they haven't. They have seen the missing third, though. <laughs> and he better get his ass on someone's shoulders immediately. <laughs> He's out of play. He's... <laughs> <laughs> That baby Estevez asks Topless if she wants to play ball. And Topless says, no, you don't have to pretend to like me. And then Topless asks if Table Guy has fucked her yet. And baby Estevez says it's not any of her business. Topless says, I thought not. Then she tells baby Estevez to tell Angela. And maybe if she's lucky, she'll send Topless home. Now, <laughs> baby Estevez is crying on her bed later. And Angela finds her and asks what the problem is. And baby Estevez immediately tattles, just like Topless told her to. It says, Topless says she hates me. She said my boyfriend is a bad lay. Also, she said I tattle to you. So, so I'm doing all of those things. <laughs> One for two that we know of. Not like in your, your odds table, guy. <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck. Now, Angela speculates that Topless is fornicating off in the woods somewhere and then we cut to or trying or woods. trying to <laughs> and topless is riding the stall hider and they both finish and she says thanks a lot but i honestly can't tell if it's sarcasm yeah well you know take, there's that moment where he's like i forgot a condom and i finished inside oops <laughs> Yeah, which causes her to put her shirt on and then ask if he has AIDS, and he says no indignantly. Oh, is that how the test is administered? Sure is. Welcome to the 80s. That reminds me of the old Mitch Hedberg joke about, like, AIDS. Where he'd be like, I call up my friends and I say, do you know anyone with AIDS? They say no. He says, cool, because they know me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Anyways, there's a note waiting for Topless when she gets back to her bunk, and it says, Abandoned cabin, table guy. Yeah. She tells her reflection she knew that he would come around. Yeah, now she's got to spruce herself up for round two. With another guy. Hey, I thought we weren't slut-shaming here. How dare you? Not at all. Go for it, girl. Although, <laughs> I think she's rightly predicted that this won't be very fun. No, yeah, Although, she's... it can't be as bad as the guy trying to devour her stomach. <laughs> So she's out in the woods later and double checks the note and yes, it was only two sentences. It hasn't changed. <laughs> and she apologizes for being late to table guy, but he does not answer. And she knocks on the door and then says, God damn it, baby Estevez. But Angela emerges and says, no, it was me. All along. <laughs> She calls her dumb for falling for the note, and when Topless turns around, she stabs her in the back. Then Angela kicks her and tells her to get up. And she, and she fucking, tosses... she goes, you're more fucked up than I thought. Turns around, gets stabbed. Oh, shit, I was kidding. <laughs> like, you're more fucked up than I thought even then. <laughs> then she drags her to the outhouse and be like, it continuously is going off now. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's off the charts. <laughs> like, it seems there's no way for me to anticipate your next move. <laughs> She's like, just wait. So, yeah, she tosses her in the outhouse, then she holds Topless' head in the toilet, asks what's down there. <laughs> and she says this is a metaphor for how she's a shitty friend. What's the stabbing in the back a metaphor for, Ben? <laughs> she stabs people in the back. Oh, yeah, fucking, I don't know. <laughs> and she tosses her down in the toilet and says there's leeches, like you're a leech. I- and Topless <laughs> comes out with leeches on her face. Then Angela holds her down with a stick to drown her in shit? I mean, there's no water in there. Uh, she makes it sound like there is with all the gurgling. But, like, for an outhouse, like, you just... Yeah, it's like a hole in the ground, really. There's no plumbing, yeah, it's just a hole in the ground. <laughs> I... Mm, I <laughs> fuck it. Well, out of all in all with this, there's a couple of things that are pretty funny. I just laugh really hard when she says, Get in the toilet! <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's a pretty funny command. It is. Well, it's what shitty way to go, I guess. Jump snare. You did not earn that one. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Back at the camp, the stall hider is bragging about sleeping with Topless. And he worries because Topless is moving. I don't know what that note means. Sorry, guys. I'm not sure. You know what's funnier is Angela comes back and... I mean, did she take a shower before she came back? Because I'm just wondering. Someone came up to her and goes, Jesus, Angela, you're smelling shit. I just figured it out. I think that missing auto-corrected into moving. Oh. <laughs> Top was just missing. That's what he's worried about. Yeah, Angela smells like shit and everyone can tell. Let's be real. <laughs> but, like, she's the weird girl at camp already. So it's just like, and now she smells like shit on top of everything else. She's probably rooting around in the fucking outhouses. She does that. Anyways, Table Guy says he almost went to Camp Arawak, but his dad couldn't afford it. But... And he can't remember the name of the killer. I bet he will. Black Girl goes to see Angela later, and Black Girl tells her she called China Club's mom, and her mom said China Club is still at camp. Then she called some of the others, and they were supposedly at camp too. She's kind of blathering on and on as Angela's like, oh, that's interesting. As she draws the curtains and then well, <laughs> goes through a series of weapons to see like what's going to be the best way to kill her, starting with like a hanger. I kind of like, I like how this, this scene's set up. I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, where she's like practicing like bashing and like stabbing and stuff while the black girl's talking. She takes a hanger like she's like, yeah, that'll... No. She's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, stupid. It won't pierce enough. <laughs> and she's like, and what's the metaphor? You keep hanging on? No. <laughs> she's got to just come up with special, like, puns for, like, each way she murders people. Yeah, eventually she takes the guitar strings off her guitar and tells the black girl she talks too much as she strangles her. I think she found the metaphor of it. Yeah, that, that works. Yeah, let's see. When Angela comes out, she gets doused in water by two kids. (laughs) Nothing more annoying than trying to find an escape route to hide a body and then getting drenched in water. And we cut to her dragging the black girl's dead body across the floor, although you might notice that it was on a rug so it wouldn't hurt the actress. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I did notice that. Yeah, that's nice. One of the other girls uses a stick to pick the lock on the door, and Angela pops out and stabs her. She? No. She comes in, and she goes, oh, God, what did I do? And Angela's like, you're going to tell. And I was like, all right, movie, that's cheap. <laughs> Everybody else may have earned their way to die, but, like, this girl is just happenstance. I think we could... Uh... We can safely say at this point that Angela has crossed the threshold where it's just like, I'm sorry, but only continuous murder will be good now. Yeah, it's like there's only one way out. It's just to keep going. Now, Table Guy and Baby Estevez are hugging for a long time later, and they make out a little. And Angela's inside singing Kumbaya. And Angela and Baby Estevez are the only ones in the bunk. And Baby Estevez is like, you sent everyone home? Yeah, she's like, bad news. All the girls went home. Good news. We have enough beds now to make, like, bed forts. (laughs) (laughs) Later, Angela's having your basic Lisa Needs Braces flashback. (laughs) Where it keeps replaying all the stuff that uh, has happened in the movie. Yeah. And this is complete with the slow-mo scene of her singing the Happy Campers song. So it's like... If you think a couple seconds uh, would be creepy, you'd probably be right. But 45 seconds of it is just kind of funny. (laughs) And then it's got all the the campers cheering, too. They're... (laughs) Oh, no. I love this song. <laughs> Anyways, eventually Angela wakes up breathing heavy, and oh, it was all a dream. No worries, though. They're all dead for real. Yeah. Now, the camp director fires Angela for sending too many kids home without permission, and Mullet is there, and he's like, I'm not sorry, because I spent all day looking for kids, and I was afraid they were dead. It's like, dude, you haven't found him yet. He's like, woof. That that lets me off the hook. And it's like, no, they're still dead. I said they went home. I searched all day. I worried. I guess you could say I'm no longer culpable. (laughs) Yeah, Uncle John fires her. And I was like, you know what? In Uncle John's defense, no kids means no money, so... Yeah, she has till the end of the day to clear out. So she goes back to her bunk crying. She tells Baby Estevez that she got fired. She has to go be by herself for a while. So Baby Estevez goes to see Table Guy. He comes out of his bunk shirtless. And she tells Table Guy that Angela was fired, that she's upset. And she wants him to cheer her up. I don't know how. Table Guy doesn't really see how he figures into this, but... Let's go up to the old abandoned cabin to fix this. Come on, Vin. Let's head up there. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? We've now reached the point where it's the second time I stopped taking notes on this and then had to restart later. So here we go. The final bit. They find her sitting in pl- uh, by the place where she grilled the twins, poking a stick around sadly. And Angela is outraged that she was counselor of the week four days ago and now she's fired. I mean, she should talk to anyone who's won Coach of the Year and then get fired the next day. Well, I mean, fucking <laughs> shit happens all the time. It really does. 
Some sometimes ownership just doesn't have patience. The problem is, like, coach of the year is always just whoever exceeds expectations the most. Yeah. But then they got more expectations for you next year, so. Yeah, that's. Boom, that's, there it is. That's true, because you could go from, oh, man, we had aspirations of making playoffs to next year being like, well, we didn't get last place. Yeah, if you overachieve one year, you can't just be like, we were actually <laughs> shitty last year and lucky. <laughs> Like, remember that contract extension we were talking about? Uh, no. <laughs> Anyways, Angela blames Mullet for everything. She says Mullet reminds her of a boy she drowned when she was, uh... What? <laughs> yeah. Baby Estevez's age, which I'm like, how? Well, I just think it's kind of funny that she says drowned, and it's like almost like she just spilled the beans, and then she's like... Hell yeah, it just reminds me of this boy that I used to kill. And then Baby Estevez is like, say what? And then she's like, oh yeah, kill. You didn't hear me? She's like, I killed him. I like, you know, like people need air in their lungs to live. But like underwater, it's not so much air. So like you shove a dude's head under there. um, You'll pretty much die. Now, I, oh, oh. Ah, she's talking about the fucking. The guy under the boat. The boat, yeah, where he got snakes in his mouth. Yeah, but, like, the bullet guy's nothing like that guy. Whatever. Nah, not really. Because he had a heavier <laughs> New York accent. <laughs> Anyways, table guy's like, hey, what's up with the cabin? And then he opens it up she's and like, finds all the dead bodies. Yeah. She's like, wait, what's up with this cabin? She's like, oh, yeah, you could go in. Oh, we're at the cabin. <laughs> she's like, oh, the body shack. <laughs> While he's dry even <laughs> That's yes. where it's at. <laughs> the body shack <laughs> is where all the bodies are at. Have <laughs> Yeah, you can't way back to the bodies in the shack. If you wanna have a snack, take a look at this pack. It's Fingers a in my mouth now. <laughs> We did it, Jake. We finally found the fun in this movie. <laughs> it only took an hour. Anyways, while he's dry heaving, Angela comes up behind him and beats him with a stick. And then baby Estevez comes in pretty blasé after this. Like, hey, what's going on with the bodies and the beating my boyfriend? Angela says, I don't want to hurt you. Now, Mullet is talking to Stallheider and finds out that they went to find Angela. So... Baby Estevez and Table Guy are tied up, and Angela is blathering about how food today is toxic, which you tell me how it fits in. Yeah, don't know. She's got the bodies all propped up around different areas in the cabin, kind of doing humanistic stuff. So, you know, she's trying to have fun. fun. Yeah, they're kind of like the setup at Home Alone to fool the the burglars. (laughs) Now, Mullet comes running through the woods, shouting for Baby Estevez and Table Guy. They try to scream for him, but their mouths are covered. And then he comes in, and Angela throws some battery acid on his face. Yeah, she... And she says, I knew your battery would come in handy. It would have been funnier if he's just like, ah, and he licks his chops. He goes, it tastes just like my battery. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that my battery? <laughs> I knew it. I'm going to be honest, when she hits him with the battery acid, I was like, you know what? That's one point for you, movie. <laughs> it's pretty good. 
Listen, that's that's fucking like you know. Look, they set up Chekhov's battery. It paid off for the third act. Fine. All right, it made it worth it. Now, he pretty much dies from this. It melts his face off. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd die too if you got battery acid thrown in your face, or want to. I mean, you'd be blind at least, but who knows? Let's not test it out tonight, but maybe tomorrow. She's trying to make top table guy eat some gross food. I don't. Is this like bodies or just like spoiled food? I kind of miss this, Vin. Do you know? I think it's just spoiled food. Yeah, and suddenly he remembers the name of the murderer from the other camp. It's Angela, like you're Angela. Then he wonders how she got a job there, and she's like, I got recommendations. I did my time. Child, like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. What? You're telling me that she went to prison where she she also says she got the sex change, by the way. She did. And then they were like, great, you killed 25 people. You've done about four years. I think it's time to let you go. Jake, she did Did get shock therapy. That's like. (laughs) (laughs) There is like. A couple instances of a serial killer getting out and then killing someone. The most famous one is there's a Canadian serial killer who they did tests on in like the 60s with like LSD and therapy to try to like fix him. And then he got out on a one day pass and immediately killed someone (laughs) and then turned himself back. It's like, you know what, A, this isn't going to work out. But let's assume I'll that take more you, of that LSD if you got it, though. If you kill 20 people at a camp, A, you're not getting out within that decade, and B, they're not going to be like, I feel like <laughs> you killed a lot of people at a camp. That tells me you have camp experience. <laughs> yes, I'll hire you. It's like, listen, all the other people just don't have that kind of experience. Yeah, I'm just tr- trying to imagine being like, oh, you think anyone's going to send their kids to the camp where the person who works there is a serial killer? Sure, you know, it's going to give it some flair, some characteristics. Why not? So she's like, I completely cared. They wouldn't have let me out if I wasn't. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Now, table guy taunts her by saying, my dad was one of the cops that arrested you. And she's like, and she's like well, he's going to really be missing you as she chops <laughs> his head off. Got him. <laughs> the metaphors are getting less succinct as we go. Yeah, she's getting sick of everybody's shit. It's like, well, you tried to chop my head off with that story. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. We zoom around the room and I go. Hey, check out that Flotsam and Jetsam album. <laughs> yeah, that was like strangely prominent at one point. Yeah. <laughs> now we get a weird fade out and then another look at all the bodies here with the flies a buzzing. And Angela is wiping baby Estevez's face, telling her she needs to eat. She hasn't had anything all day. She says, table guy was bad for you. He was always back talking. Then she says, hey, look who's on TV. Now we see Table Guy's head is stuffed in a broken TV. It's the all Dave Table Guy programming. And, you know, obviously, Baby Estevez is not enjoying it. She's like, listen, 
I got something for you. She's probably already seen this one. Yeah. She kicks the head out and then puts one of the skeletons in there. She's like, now it's spooky channel. (laughs) We could do this all day. (laughs) Somewhere Vincent Price is like, for reasons known only to me and my agent, you owe me $100. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. Angela says she needs to take off to drag one of the bodies outside. And baby Estevez struggles against her bounds manages to start freeing herself and she hides behind the door waiting for Angela to get back and clocks her with a piece of the wood and then runs off into the woods into the woods <laughs> Angela comes to and starts chasing her and somehow she gets ahead of baby Estevez you tell me she like teleports in the fucking woods uh, she's <laughs> Ah, she's, you know, she's the camper of the week, man. Or she's the camp counselor of the week. So clearly she knows her way around the woods, man. That's yeah. just the uh, it's the camp, uh, you know, experience that she's got. Yeah, she knows, like, the secret passages, like in Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she catches Baby Estevez unaware and then tackles her to the ground. And Baby Estevez, I guess, man, just to stab her. I'm a little unclear on this. It gets kind of wonky. She gets stabbed somehow, Angela does. Yeah. And then she smears the blood on baby Estevez, and then Angela limps after her. And baby Estevez has the knife now, and then she chases baby Estevez to the edge of a cliff, and baby Estevez does the like, don't come any closer before she backs off the cliff falling. And Angela says, oh, too bad, you almost made it. Which is like, how? Is she gonna fucking paraglide out of here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a flying squirrel. <laughs> now the counselor with the pixie cut is looking for baby Estevez later, but she finds two thirds of Vincent adult man outside. Yeah. <laughs> but when she goes closer, she notices they're more dead than they were previously. <laughs> I guess the, the, the fucking third Vincent adult man got his revenge on them. He's watching from the trees, like, and this is why my feet never touch the ground. <laughs> she runs into the director's office and finds him dead, too, with his hand cut off. Why? <laughs> I don't mean. She's like, because I was your right hand. He's like, you cut off my left. <laughs> She's like, oh, shit, it's backwards if you're looking. Don't worry, I'll sew it back on after you're dead. <laughs> Angela's there and everyone's dead and you get it and then Angela stabs the pixie girl with the knife and twists it she feels it baby Estevez wakes up on the rocks and she's not dead yet baby and then she says goodnight to everyone as she leaves oh Angela says goodnight to everyone as she leaves the camp I got real wonky with this at the end. Yeah, you're kind of you're fucking fast forwarding a lot here. Jake picked you up can the tell Ross like don't care, don't care, don't care. Jake picked up the remote pretty quick on this podcast. Is like fast forward, fast forward. All right. Well, Angela's hitchhiking, and some real over the top rural woman character is singing to herself. Picks her up. Yeah, this cowgirl lights up a cigarette, which seems to annoy Angela. Kyle girl's like, well, everyone's got to have a vice, and I'm too dumb to drink and too fat for fucking. <laughs> Let's hold on on that one, lady. 
Now, Angela stabs her in response, and baby Estevez stumbles down a hill to a path. A car comes up behind her, and she waves it down. But, unfortunately for her, it's Angela wearing the cowgirl hat. The camera does a close-up on baby Estevez, and that's when this, like, Bon Jovi theme song comes in, and that is the end of this movie. Vinny, I selected the movie. It falls upon me to ask you the eternal question. Did I scare you? Fuck no. <laughs> nah, this was pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, upon a man, I hate you. Because every time you keep bringing it up, like, well, you know what? Silent Hill is my own problem. But you brought this movie back up into my life after like five, six years. And I'm like, woof, this movie kind of sucks. I picked this movie as a way to reward you for picking a better movie last week. And now what have I done? You fucking us both. You, fuck, you fucking killed us both, man. <laughs> I was hoping for something a little more fun, a little crazier. This is sort of like paint by numbers, like slasher stuff, and like not in a real fun way. She's not like that amusing a killer. None of this stuff is like unusual enough to be notable. It's just like it's not that good. I did think it's kind of funny, like after like she chokes out the girl with the piano wire, like the fact that she, you know, doesn't care anymore is just like. All right, yeah, she's just going fucking haywire. She's like, I don't need an excuse. I'm just, I'm just gonna fucking do it. She's like, unfortunately, once this car gets over sixty-five, it may not go under. <laughs> she's like, I'm in a real crank situation here, murder-wise. Can't stop. Won't stop. Hey, Vinny, if you were any character in this movie, who would you be? Fucking a. Um. Yeah. Right. I I guess I would probably be one you know what I'm I'm going to have to say I'd be the mullet kid dressed up as Freddy cuz there have been times where I've tried to scare people but have unsuccessfully done it. I haven't been murdered, which thank Christ. But yeah, no, I I tried going to lengths and have failed. Yeah, I think the funniest answer is to say the guy who doesn't know how to go down on someone. But <laughs> The actual answer is the black counselor who gives the dweeby kid shit for saying stupid shit during the story. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. I didn't want to pick him because he says the F word. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no. Yeah, because his idea of foreplay is I'm going to nibble the skin off your belly. <laughs> and then it's good to go for penetration. Yikes. I mean, what is your gifable moment for this movie? Ah, uh, man, I don't know. I kind of like there's there's that moment where Power Mullet, like fucking after like Angela's like I'll call you, and he's got this confused look on his face. Okay, I kind of like that. I don't know. It's it's pretty good. Where he's like, I don't even have a fucking phone. I hadn't considered this before, and now I think probably the burnt skeleton when she sits up and sees it. Yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Just to maybe be like, seems like it's gonna be a hot one today. It's a good summertime one. I got, I you know what? I got it. When she shoves topless into the 
But she shoves her into the porta pie and says, get in the toilet. That's any time anyone has a bad take. Yeah. Get, get in like, the you know what? Get in the toilet, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and we're like, what am I drowning in? <laughs> <laughs> Not only that. You're like, some shit could be liquid. Uh, oh. <laughs> Not only that. I mean, if that area's been abandoned for a while, it's like, how how did it sustain the shit in water? This is the only place <laughs> to <Angelou> shit. <laughs> As a leftover from the issue, she had uh, hiding... <laughs> Hiding her gender as a child, she only comes up here and shit. She cannot shit around others. She's probably got a lot of irritable bowel syndrome from all of the rancid food she's been eating in that fucking abandoned cabin, too. She's like, I just can't help myself. Yeah. Does she not have any of the healthy snacks from her aunt sent her with? <laughs> Goodness me. Her aunt, I remember she said, like, Oh, uh, when she's talking to baby Estevez about, like, being shy, too, she she says something like her aunt taught her stuff, and I was just like, yeah, that's some bad advice you got from that lady, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's round it out, then. So, yeah. No. Bad. Bad movie. Not, yeah. not good. Check out the first one, because at least that one, uh... At least it has the crazy overacting, like oh yeah, the girl screaming in the boat. That I, one still kills me. Yeah, that one's that is, that is pretty fucking good. And it's just like and, and her cousin too, man. Her cousin, your son's yeah, a cocksucker's mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good shit. Yeah, this one not as fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not. I wasn't into it. Yeah, bomber. Sorry, folks. Oh, well, but if you do like it, uh, check it out on Tubi. And I think we're probably done talking about that for this week. So, Vinny, do we have any mail for this week? No. Okay. Uh, Well, if people, did you even check or are you just like assuming? Do I got to check? Couldn't you? All right. For you, I'll check. No. Okay. Well, (laughs) if people do want to mail us, where could they? You can do so at our email at disbypod at gmail.com. That's disbypod at gmail.com. And instead, if people wanted to check us out on Instagram or Twitter. Instagram is did I scare you pod, one word. And Twitter is disbypod. All right, Vinny. Well, we've had some fun at Sleepaway Camp. Did we? It is... Well, as much as we could. <laughs> it's your turn now to pick the movie for next week. What will we be watching uh, next week? All right, Jake. Continuing along with the summer theme. Interesting. I want to dive into a movie that actually legitimately freaked me out after the first time I saw it. And it is actually a movie that a long time ago you had brought over. And we're like, hey, let's watch this movie. We got to check it out. And I believe your selling point to me was um, Sean from Boy Meets World is in this movie. Okay. I was like, oh, okay, goody. Yeah, let's watch it. 
Uh, that little movie is known as Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. Yes, yeah, two thousand two or two thousand three, I believe. Two thousand two. Okay. Yeah, starring Ryder Strong and some others, Jordan Ladd. Yeah. That fucking what's his face from Super Troopers? We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well. I would argue it's maybe Eli Roth's best movie, so we'll find out if it holds up. Maybe not, and I know there's a particular scene that's not so great through modern eyes, but... Okay, uh, do you know where people could watch Cabin Fever if they wanted to, Vin? I thought I saw it on HBO Max, but now I'm like, I don't remember. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) find it wherever you can, I guess. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to get to this week, Vin. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, this is a strangely British accent there for a second for some reason. Channeling my Uncle John, I guess. (laughs) That's ridiculous. You have both hands. (laughs) All right, well, a thank you as always to Rebel Escape Pod for letting us use their song Monster for our intro and outro. You have been listening to Did I Scare You? And I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. I am his co-host and America's little brother, Vin. And, hey, thanks for the ride, lady. How you doing, lady? Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Never need to fear